Chapter Seven of In the Path of the Alphabet. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Annie Rue. In the Path of the Alphabet by Francis Germain. Chapter Seven. Mesopotamian Influence. Of the great rulers in Mesopotamia, both Turanian and Semitic, who stand out most distinctly in the records of this remote past, are the Turanian prince Gudea, about 4800 BC, the great Sargon I, and his son, Naram-Sin, Semitic princes both, to whom the date 3800 BC is accorded, and the Arabian prince Kumarangus, or Hammurabi, the founder of the city of Babylon and contemporary with Abraham the date now given for sargon the first is three thousand eight hundred b c long before this date various families of semitic race had evidently made their appearance in the land phoenician traders from the persian gulf or nomadic tribes from the arabian borders semitic families attracted hither by the rich fertility of the mesopotamian plains these were sabaeans perhaps with faint far-off remembrance of the one god ruler and creator of the universe but now worshippers of the stars the abodes of ministering spirits at this time in sargon's reign long before the date accorded to urea the builder and the new empire arising in akkad we find the early beginnings of the assyrian people there was as yet no assyria or assyrians the ancient turanian capital of Akkad was named ushar or ashar signifying watered plain but this had not yet given its name to the region or the country sargon's new capital was again or agade of akkad while nineveh the mighty of the coming kingdom was as yet but a collection of fishermen's huts on the swift flowing tigris as yet there was no kingdom of Babylonia and no city of Babylon. This region was situated in the northern portion of Sumir, south of Akkad, and was at first designated by the Turanian name Gar Danyash, or Kar Danyash, the garden of the god Danyash. The site of the future great capital was then called, either by its more ancient Turanian name Tintirka, signifying tree of life, or its later Akkado-Sumerian name Kadimera, gate of God. In later times, this name translated into Semitic was Babalu, Babylon, which finally became the name of the whole Semir south of the Persian Gulf as Babylonia. At the date of Sargon of Akkad, Sumir or southern Mesopotamia was chiefly Turanian. The displacement of the Mongol peoples by the Semites in this region had not at this time obtained. That fusion of races which so distinctly distinguished the Babylonians of the latter area from the more purely Semitic Assyrians had scarcely begun. The Babylonians, as a distinct people under this name, do not make their appearance on the stage of history until over fourteen centuries later than Sargon, in the time or a little earlier than Hammurabi, or Camarungus, about 2300 BC, at the date accorded to Abraham. It is probable that Semitic people had settled in this region long previous to the reign of Sargon, but it was not until the period of Hammurabi, who at first was simply king of Gar Danyash, that the Semitic element dominated in Babylonia. This powerful prince, who became in time master of all southern Mesopotamia, was the founder of the city of Babylon, from which the country and the people received the names Babylonia and Babylonians. 
Returning to Sargon, we find in the Ninevite remains that in this earlier time he had founded one of the most famous libraries of ancient Mesopotamia. This was at his new city of Agane, or Akkade. The literature of this library was entirely based on that of ancient Sumer. It consisted completely of translations of these older books into what we may call Assyrian, or were copies of the older books in the old language of Sumer. This older language was to these Semitic Assyrians the language of the learned, the classic tongue of the time, bearing the same relation to the Assyrian as do Greek and Latin to modern literature. It was then even more important to the Semitic student, as it included all of learning which in Mesopotamia had as yet obtained literary form. These ancient texts were copied on clay tablets, with translations from the language of Sumer into Semitic, either between the lines or the text in the old language in one column and the translation opposite. For further aids to students, vocabularies were compiled, giving Akkadian word and the Assyrian translation also syllabic forms and it is by these wonderful literary aids especially wonderful when we consider their antiquity that scholars of today are able to read this ancient turanian speech as readily as the semitic assyrian language of sargon's reign the systematic methods adopted in this library are also remarkable. Doubtless Sargon's librarians introduced ideas of their own into the arrangement of this literature, but they had evidently adopted methods long in use in the more ancient libraries of Iraq, Larsa, and other cities of southern Mesopotamia. As instances of this literary undertaking, the great work on astronomy and astrology, called the Observations of Bel, which long ages after Beorosus translated into Greek, was by order of Sargon compiled for his library. It consisted of seventy-two books, and a certain place in the library was set apart for this. These tablets were arranged and numbered according to the subject. A catalogue of these was also prepared, giving the number of the tablets as arranged under the subjects. Other literary documents from this collection are The Story of Creation in Prose and Verse, The Deluge Story, and Adventures of Idzubar, the famous Nimrod of Hebrew tradition. When the student wished for any special tablet or subject, he was required by the librarian to consult the catalogue, and to write down the number of the book he wished for, when it would be given to him. The librarian of today, to whom the same system and methods are so familiar, can scarcely claim these as modern improvements, but may well exclaim with the philosopher of old, there is no new thing under the sun. Another great work, prepared for the library of Sargon of Agade, was the theological collection in three books and two hundred tablets. This consisted of magical texts and incantations from the primitive religion of Turanian Chaldea, which still held power and influence as magic and divination. It included also the literature of the later development of Sumerians into higher spiritual conceptions. This literature of the later period comprised hymns of praise, invocations to the gods, and penitential psalms which in spirit and form bear a remarkable resemblance to the confessions of the later Hebrew psalmist. Perhaps we may trace in this contact with Semitic thought and influence long before the Semites appear as an established people in the land. There are two distinct periods in the religious development of the Turanians of Chaldea, the era of shamanism or demon worship, and later Sabaeanism, the deification of the planets and the stars, or the benign influence of nature. 
as early as Gudea, they had entered upon this later period of religious development and now under the influence of sargon occurred a blending of these systems with semitic conceptions which continued the established religion of the assyrians and the babylonians to the latest times the latent tendencies of the semitic mind seem to have been toward monotheism while this did not prevent their recognition of the gods of the nations with whom they came in contact and their frequent adoption of these as objects of worship this tendency is yet manifest with later assyrians they united in the adoption of their national deity ashur with the moabites in shamash with the hebrews and elohim or yahweh and with them all the supreme one who united in himself the great attributes of all the gods the creator of all things the arbiter of all human events the Tyrrhenian chaldeans on the other hand were unreserved polytheists their gods were as the sands of the sea for number each city with its surrounding locality had its special god and the greater the city the greater the god the more magnificent the temple dedicated to his worship and the more powerful its priesthood this was the case in the city of ur where harud or sin the moon god was the local divinity there were other moon gods in other localities each worshipped in a special way but the moon god of ur was greater than all thus it was with the worship of ea the god of the deep the local god of the more ancient Syria of Eridu, and again Anu, the sky god of Iraq. This organization of the Chaldean pantheon by Sargon was simply the orderly arrangement of these into greater and lesser divinities, the blending of these separate local cults into one general system. At the head of this pantheon was placed the Semitic Ilu, or El, signifying God, and whose name is the root word of the Hebrew Elohim, and the Arabian Allah. Next in order was the triad of great gods, Turanian divinities consisting of Anu, the sky god, of Erech, Bel or Molil, the local god of Nippur, and lord of the lower world, and the last of this triad of Ea, of Eridu, the god of the great waters, and creator of the Akkadian race. The position of these gods in this triad is explained by local circumstances. At the time of this new arrangement of the Chaldean deities, Iraq was a prominent city of southern Mesopotamia. It had a richly endowed library, perhaps the greatest collection of literary treasures at this time known in the ancient world. This was greatly enlarged by Sargon, who perhaps from motives of policy toward this Chaldean subjects, thought it wisest not to enrich his library at again, at the expense of this, the oldest of the libraries of southern Mesopotamia. It is also possible that some of the literary treasures obtained by him in other decaying cities of this region may have been placed in the library at Iraq for the same reason, as it offered better opportunities for the safe deposit of these ancient documents at any rate we find that when the assur banipal founded his great library at nineveh many centuries later and at the ancient cities of chaldea were ransacked for their literary treasures it was at iraq that he reaped the richest harvest as suggested iraq was at the time of sargon's reformation of the gods of chaldea a populous and wealthy city it possessed a powerful priesthood devoted to the service of anu the sky god and the local god of erak it possessed a powerful priesthood devoted to the service of anu the sky god the local god of erak who for these reasons was placed first in the trinity of gods for the more ancient and sacred divinities of Turanian chaldea nippur the second capital of chaldea was also at this time a wealthy and populous city 
here was located a temple to belus the older bel identical with molil the lord of the lower world and as the local god of nippur bel became the second god in the trinity the most ancient and sacred of all the gods of ancient chaldea ea the god of the great waters the local divinity of eridu was not to be ignored and was thus placed in the trinity of the great gods the triad thus formed represented the gods of the heavens the lower world and the great waters below this was another triad consisting of sin the moon samus the sun and vul the atmosphere then followed other gods representing visible planets and still below these a host of lesser divinities the transformation of some of these gods under semitic influence and their gradual absorption of the attributes of the older deities is a curious study in chaldean mythology it is of special interest as we find in these many familiar deities of syria palestine egypt and other countries who had their origin in ancient chaldea the prominent instance of this is the rise of bel merodach the great baal from a lesser to one of the greater gods and whose cult extended with the increase of assyrian and babylonian power when bel merodach comes first distinctly in view it is as a local god of babylon with the consolidation of all southern mesopotamia into the babylonian empire and the establishment of babylon as its capital the local god of this city waxed great with greatness and importance of his local abode this occurred under hammurabi or kamarangas founder of the city of the empire about two thousand three hundred and fifty six b c the attributes of bel merodach are various he is the son of ea the first-born of the gods the benefactor of mankind the mediator between gods and men the warrior god who leads the forces of light like nin jirusu the god of gudea he is the lord of the pure flame who conquers and puts to flight the spirits of darkness finally assuming the attributes of samas the sun god he appears as the solar deity of babylon among the cuneiform documents in the british museum there is a group of fragments known as the assyrian epic of creation portions of these were first translated by the late george smith who directed attention to their peculiar significance other fragments have since been found and translated by mr pinches producing the epic nearly complete in its present form the poem is probably of the later days of the assyrian empire it bears within it however the embodiment of ancient babylonian legends of the origin of things and is especially remarkable in certain similarities to the hebraic account of creation a very great and marked contrast between these two narratives is that in one case the story of creation is told by a polytheist as the effort of many gods and the other an uncompromising monotheist who attributes the work to a decree of one supreme god the assyrian version of that portion of the hebrew narrative and the spirit of god moved upon the waters and god said let there be light and there was light and the chaldean epic is the office of bel merodach as he leads forces of light against the powers of darkness he enters into mortal combat with a great dragon tiamat the goddess of chaos and darkness this contest all the great gods have refused to attempt in the conflict which ensues merodach is victorious vanquishing and destroying the great dragon of chaos whereupon there is great rejoicing among the great gods then they established for him the mercy seat of the mighty before his fathers he seated himself for sovereignty 
o merodach thou art glorious among great gods since that day unchanged is thy command and thus bel merodach the great son of ea was enthroned he never became the national god of chaldea as assur became to syria local influences were opposed to this the local deities of other important cities of southern mesopotamia more ancient and venerated maintained their hold upon the affections of their worshippers to the last this was the case with molil the local deity of nippur the second and the triad of great gods the older bel with whom mel merodach is sometimes confounded the moon god was to the latest day the favorite divinity of ur of the chaldees and so of the local deities of other sumerian cities these divinities were many of them of great antiquity they were reverenced in their special localities as nowhere else thus the indignation of the priesthoods of these local cults and of the local aristocracies may well be imagined at the attempt of nabadeus the latest king of babylon five hundred fifty five through five hundred thirty eight b c to concentrate all these local worships at the city of babylon when they saw their gods taken from their ancient shrines and gathered at babylon in the great temple of bel as subordinate gods to magnify the worship of bel their resentment ripened into secret intrigue against their king which resulted in the banishment of nabonius from his kingdom the occupation of the throne by cyrus and finally the overthrow of the babylonian empire there follows a chart depicting hieroglyphic signs and their equivalents End of section 7